0: I'm Rachel Hampton.
1: And I'm Candace Lim, and you're listening to ICYMI.
0: In case you missed
1: it. Sleet's podcast about internet culture.
0: And Candace, have you seen anything good recently? Anything I should queue up in my free time?
1: Mm, as a matter of fact, I have, because I've kind of been on like a rom-com kick. You know, I watched Anyone But You. It is not great. It is Shakespeare rolling in his IP grave. I watched Upgraded, which is the Camila Mendez rom-com, and I actually really enjoyed it. I loved it. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And then the last one I watched was Players, which is that Netflix rom-com with Gina Rodriguez, Damon Wayans Jr., TBH. It was my Mm. favorite of the three because it was, like, cute and it was funny. And they played journalists, and it's not a bad take. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. But I will say, Rachel, I am also lying to you. (laughs) I am omitting facts, actually, because the actual greatest thing I watched last week was called This Is Me, dot, 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 now, colon, a love story. Oh, yes.
0: Oh, I know what this is. This is Jennifer Lopez's Lemonade. Mm,
1: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Now, Rachel, did you watch?
0: No, but I want to. I have been really excited about this for a while. I adore J-Lo's self-confidence. Yes. And I honestly... I don't have time to really scroll Rotten Tomatoes to get the consensus, so could you give me a highlight reel of the movie before I jump in myself?
1: Absolutely. Okay, so the first thing to know is that this is a visual component to J-Lo's new album. It is also called This Is Me Now, Mm -hmm. which dropped on the same day as this movie. And the movie itself is like around 60 minutes, which is actually pretty short, but it is not linear. I repeat, this is extremely non-linear. It is more like six music videos with completely different storylines intercut with therapy sessions between Fat Joe and J-Lo, who was not called Jennifer in this she is called quote the artist so we start with an animation that i actually really enjoyed it opens the same way that like shrek and snow white does which is you see a book and on the book it has the cover of a puerto rican fable called the tale of alita and taru we cut to j-lo on a motorcycle going fast nude lip gloss on she is hanging on to a ben affleck looking figure and they are speeding on ice this is important ice there is an accident. All of a sudden, J-Lo works in a factory. And I am assuming that she was using, like, leftover costumes from her Netflix movie, The Mother. But basically, she works at a factory where they take rose petals and feed it to a beating mechanical heart. The heart malfunctions. J-Lo dances. She puts on a hazmat suit, which is very Armageddon vibes. And then, cut to, she is in a therapy session with Fat Joe. Dance number, cut to, Big highlight the Zodiac signs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, this part I heard about because this is all the celebrity appearances.
1: Exactly. So J-Lo cast, like, these 12 random celebrities to play the Zodiac signs, and I literally would describe them as, like, the capital rulers of Pan Am because they sit in this creepy oh. chamber above the universe in space. And Rachel, I'm going to list the names of three people who absolutely slayed their roles. Jane Fonda plays Sagittarius. Post oh. Malone plays Leo. That is J-Lo's sign. That is Ben Affleck's sign. Kiki Palmer, Scorpio. We cut to J-Lo is getting married three times in one segment. <sighs> Meaning every time the camera pans, it like pans back to a new guy. And her new husbands are someone named husband one.
0: Oh. Derek
1: Huff. Oh, and Trevor Jackson. And she divorces all of them. She brings them all to Fat Joe's therapy sessions. This is where she turns to Derek Huff and says, being with you feels like home. But I left home for a reason. I got a little bit of a chill there. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Next important casting note. J. Lo recruited a group of people that are like not famous, but they play her friends and TBH. I thought they were like her team. So people she hired to be her friends. But they basically spend the whole movie talking about her behind her back. And so we go back to the story. They stage an intervention and they accuse her of being a sex addict. And she says, no, 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 no. I'm a love addict. Damn it. <gasps> We cut to Fat Joe is fed up with being (laughs) J-Lo's therapist. She is wearing a t-shirt that says Endangered Species, which I feel like someone needs to talk a little bit more about. But he basically writes her a prescription to attend Love Addicts Anonymous. She attends. She sings a song on a basketball court. It really reminded me of Zac Efron, High School Musical, you know, you know. And the guy who leads the group is Paul Racy we jump to. JLo is back in therapy with Fat Joe and she is mad because someone on her team is getting married and she somehow starts telling him about this dream where she Uh sings this is me dot 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 now and I do want to say I actually kind of liked this segment because JLo has this like huge smile on. She is singing to her younger self and she looked really really happy and I was like oh you like really wanted to do this. You really wanted to do this project. I like that. But we continue, Rachel because we cut back to the factory where she fixes the heart. Then we are in an arid climate at a wedding where she sings Midnight Trip to Vegas, which is like clearly about Ben. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we cut to our final song of the night. It is Jayla walking home, performing a tribute to singing in the rain. And the last scene, she is very clearly getting back together with Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. We can see his beard Mm -hmm. and she's back on the motorcycle the ice that I mentioned up top it has parted like the Red Sea and that is it that is the movie
0: thank you Candace for taking me through that 60 minute JLo musical film okay. musical movie high school musical the musical the yes. series thank you so much in return I want to take you through a 52 part TikTok series that has been blowing up and that has consumed me for the last 24 hours. And I watched the whole thing, which is really what matters here. (laughs) So when we come back, I'm gonna break down the Who the Fuck Did I Marry" TikTok series that involves, quote, the United Nations of red flags.
1: Hey there. If you love our podcast, then maybe you should consider subscribing to Slate Plus. With Slate Plus, there are no ads on any Slate podcasts. And Slate Plus helps keep this podcast going because this show would not be possible without your support. With Slate Plus, you'll get bonus segments and episodes for shows like Culture Gap Fest, Hit Parade, and hang up and listen. You'll also never hit a paywall on the Slate website, meaning you get access to every article and every advice column. Just visit Slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That's Slate.com slash IcyMi plus.
0: And we're back. I have less than 45 minutes to explain to you the roughly eight and a half hour long homeric epic. That has been covered in Time, The Washington Post, The Cut, and now here on ICYMI. So I need all of you, including you, Candace, to buckle the fuck up for this journey we're all about to go on. I'm taking you through the highs, the lows, the revelations I experienced last night as I wandered around my apartment listening to the sound of Risa Tisa's voice for approximately seven hours hours i'm a new woman <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay well i am buckled in i am sad i am ready where are we going on this audiobook odyssey mm-hmm.
0: the locust of all evil atlanta georgia <sighs> on february 14th also known as valentine's day tiktok user at risa uploaded a video that has now been viewed 17.7 million times That is 10 million less times than the next video she posts. So we're racking up some views here. The first video is an introduction to a series that she calls, Who the Fuck Did I Marry? And in this video, Risa promises to make a playlist series that tells the story of how she met, married, and divorced a pathological liar. Now, as a newly made expert in the story, I must say... Risa sets the stage immaculately. She tells us she's going to take us chronologically through the story from when they met to when she got the divorce decree. She tells us she's going to have a sense of humor because if she doesn't laugh, she'll cry. She asks us to give her grace because she might not finish the story in one or two days, but she does promise us complete honesty, even if it makes her look bad, and that everything she tells us can be verified. So from Jump, she's setting herself up as, I would say, a relatably unreliable narrator mm. of a story of epic proportions. And she delivers.
1: She is setting precedent for the storytime genre. I like mm. it. I need it. And you started watching this past Wednesday night, right? Which is about Correct. a week after she started publishing these videos and a few days after she concluded her saga with a Q&A TikTok Live that I'm sure we will get into. But all that to say, what was the comment section of the beginning of the story like when you started watching? Great question. It was
0: pretty much, I would say, exactly what you expect from something like this. It is scores of people commenting things like, just starting today, who else? Or take a high five if you started today. And now this is premium TikTok. All with like 50K likes on them. I think one of my favorite comments that I saw at some point in my seven hours of watching was I feel like I owe you a subscription fee now, which <laughs> honestly, same. <laughs> my girl Risa pushed out 50 videos of nine to 10 minutes each in about two days. I'm nonverbal by Friday most weeks. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> but that's not why y'all are here. So let's get into it. Our story begins in Atlanta around March 4th, 2020, a few weeks before COVID lockdown. Risa meets her now ex-husband online. She actually matched with him on two different dating sites, which has happened to me before and usually isn't a good sign. I don't know why, but I feel strongly that it's not a good sign. One of these sites is Hinge, the other is not named. They progress from talking online to talking on the phone, to eventually planning a date at Reese's favorite restaurant, the Cheesecake Factory. But on the way there, one of her tires blows out, which many, including her, have said might have been a sign from God not to go on this date. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But she calls her date to tell him what's going on, and he not only goes to meet her, but changes her tire, takes her to a tire place to buy a new one so she's not driving on her spare, and then takes her to the Cheesecake Factory after all of that. She's giddy, as most of us would be in that situation, and he he's telling her all the right things.
1: Like, how much he wants mm. to be married. This is tough, because there's a lot of green flags. And this sounds like a good enough date, but, like, what do we know about this guy at this point?
0: So he seems pretty open about his past, right? He is a recent divorcee. His ex cheated on him. He moved to Georgia from California to get a new start. But don't worry, he's on friendly terms with his ex and with her teenage children that he feels like a stepfather to, even though they're no longer together. He's a regional manager at a condiment company based in Georgia that goes unnamed. He's from Philly, but went to San Diego State. He used to play in the Arena Football League, which is an indoor football league that went bankrupt <laughs> in 2008. So make of that what you will. Yeah. But all to say, the first date goes well, like really well. Fast forward a few weeks, Georgia shuts down because of COVID. And I would say here is where Risa makes her first big mistake. This guy is staying in a studio, which she's seen. The studio exists. She's renting like a three-bedroom, two-bath townhouse. And so the question comes up of where are we quarantining? Because despite the fact they've only known each other for a few weeks at this point, it's a given that they're quarantining together.
1: Oh. Okay, and that's tricky because she has the bigger place, so I'm assuming she moves him into her house.
0: She moves him into her house. Okay. Less than three weeks after meeting him, yes. Mm. And the thing is, Reese was pretty honest both about her misgivings and why she ended up ignoring them. And a pretty big reason why she ended up ignoring them is that after he moved into her townhouse, he paid all of the household bills. He paid rent. He paid utilities. Risa was basically just paying for her phone bill and her car note at this point.
2: And so he paid paid all the household bills. So my check really was just taking care of me, myself, and I. And I am not, this is where it's not going to make me look good, but it's the truth. It was intoxicating to not have to worry financially about how to pay the bills.
1: I get it. I completely get it. Because it it sounds like she is getting the better part of the deal, right? Like, she's playing him. But can I just point out that she is driving as she is telling this story? (laughs) Like, not only her doing Olivia Wilde cosplay, but why do I feel like I'm in an Uber with her? Why do I feel like she is driving and talking to me? And I'm, like, overhearing this. I kind of like it. Same. And the
0: thing is, she drives for, I would say, at least... 20 of this Great. 50 part story and it's really funny because people will ask where are you driving narnia <laughs> or <laughs> when she records from home people will say i kind of miss the road noise it was soothing oh, oh my
1: god <laughs> guys it's room tone it's white noise you can find it on youtube But continue, Rachel. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so just to give you a frame
0: of reference, we're only in part two right now. But setting the scene, I would say, takes a little while. And now that he's in the house, things begin to move pretty quickly. As in, he moves in and starts talking about buying a house pretty immediately.
1: Mm -hmm. A house for himself or for both of them? So it becomes clear that he means both
0: of them. And he shows her some kind of printed out financial document from Chase Bank that shows that he's pre-approved for a $750,000 house, which is much more than Ms. Risa could pay for by herself. And she's like, well, he's paying the bills here, I guess. Yeah. He says he has savings from playing arena football, that he's keeping in a few different accounts, including an offshore account so that it won't be taxed. He shows her one of his accounts, but never the offshore one. But again, he's still paying all of the bills. So she's like, if you want to buy a house and move me in, I'm not going to say no to that. So they start looking at houses virtually because this is the height of COVID. And there's this one that they really, really like. And he says he's going to put in an offer.
1: Mm, And with all that arena football money, I'm assuming he is talking about the $75 million house that Davina tried to sell in season one of Selling Sunset, yes? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Basically. Exactly. That house never sold. The house that he says he's going to buy, it is sold, but not to him. (laughs) (laughs) So they start shopping for appliances, and Risa watches this man put down a deposit on a fridge, a stove, and other furniture. Mm. So she's like, this is happening. Right. Eventually, their realtor calls her, though, and asks if they're going to put in an offer. And Reese is like, I thought we already did. But don't worry. Don't worry. Her ex has a reason for this. He decided to put in an offer through a friend instead of this other realtor so he can toss some business towards his friend, help that friend get the commission. Mm -hmm. It's all good, baby, right? (laughs) Through a series of events that I, quite frankly, don't have time to summarize, months (laughs) pass. And it's very clear that this house deal is about to fall through. But this man is going, no, the inspection is just taking a long time because of COVID. Don't worry, we're closing next week. Risa begins to suspect that he's lying to her because he is. (laughs) Something I haven't mentioned yet is that at some point during 2020, Risa begins to keep audio diaries on her phone. And so she refers back to them throughout this story, like here. Um
2: was he going to get out of this again i'm list- i've listened to the audio diary in 2024 i literally said in that audio diary how is he going to get out of this lie and i was trying to think of ways on how he's going to do it and something said to me because i say it on the audio diary i said um he's going to say it's a bad deal and he's going to say he wants to pull out y'all keep in mind i am pregnant So I had a decision to make. As ugly as this decision was, I made the decision. You're about to have a baby with this man. He's paying all the household bills. Let him get out of the lie.
1: (laughs) Can I first say that I do trust her? Because she signaled in her car. And I really appreciated that. Like, that actually made me feel really good. But, oh my god, not her just casually dropping. She's pregnant. She's mm-hmm. pregnant? Yes, she, she
0: is. I forgot to mention that. I wanted a dramatic reveal. A month or so into them living together, she realizes she's pregnant.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And it's always so funny to me when men are worried that women will trap them with a pregnancy. Because the truth is, women are actually never more vulnerable than when they're pregnant. There's just a way that you become beholden to a man and to his integrity, alleged integrity, when there's a child in the picture. And that very clearly happens here, where Risa is hoping that this man is who he says he is. So does he lie? Of course he does!
2: (laughs) And this is her reaction. I felt so much relief because I knew that I had been prepared for, he's gonna give you some bullshit. So when he said there's something with the interest rate, I said, you know what, if the int- this is literally what I said, y'all. If the interest rate isn't good, then we shouldn't move there. We should probably let this house go. We should cancel whatever furniture we, we ordered or you know appliances and let's just look for another house. I said, I would like to be moved before the end of the year. I said I really don't want to be 9 months pregnant moving into a house. I would like I would like to be done with this before then. And he was he the way I said it was so calm and he was like, "Okay, he was like, I'm going to call the friend, the realtor and tell him I'm backing out of the house and I'm going to see if I can get my earnest money back."
1: She has impeccable memory. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, this is only the beginning, babe. Notice how she said that's how that first house fell through. Because right. there's multiple houses that fall through. Oh, man. But as we recently found out, Risa's pregnant. And she's high risk for a couple of health reasons and is going through a lot of stress with this whole housing situation. And so, unfortunately, in July of 2020, she has a miscarriage. She goes to the doctor and they give her three options as to how to proceed. She can get a DNC when they remove tissue from inside your uterus. She can take a pill or she can wait and see if it'll pass by itself. She decides to take a pill, reacts really bad to it, and it also doesn't end up working, so she has to get the DNC anyway, which is an outpatient procedure where you need someone to drop you off and pick you up. Her man tells her that he won't be able to drop her off because he's up for a promotion at work. And there's a big meeting he has to attend that just happens to be on the day of her surgery, but he'll pick her up. As part of this promotion, he's also gonna get an executive assistant named David. (laughs) So, when she texts him as she's heading into surgery, it's David that text back.
1: <laughs> Is David real?
0: <laughs> no. Okay. But... David, whoever he is, does talk to the doctors after Reese's surgery because Reese is only supposed to be in recovery for an hour or so, but her ex is so late that she ends up staying for three hours and she's mm-hmm. under anesthesia. So the doctors are calling her man like, yo, where are you? Mm-hmm. She gets picked up. It's okay though, because, you know, her ex is now vice president of this condiment company. And he leaves for his job every day at 6 a.m. and comes back every day between 3.30 and 4 p.m. Are there red flags? Yes. A whole United Nations of them, as Risa says. But are her bills being paid? Also, yes. Mm. It's also at this point in the saga that Risa, A, gives her ex a name so that we stop being confused about who he is. Um, She refers to him as Legion, which is a reference to a biblical character who is possessed by a horde of demons. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also at this point that Risa releases a clarification video and she does this every so often whenever she's getting really common questions that aren't necessarily part mm-hmm. of the flow of the story. Mm-hmm. Remember, there are 50 parts. Right, right, right. One of these questions she gets is whether or not she met his family at any point. And she says, yes, she met an aunt two of his five siblings, and she watched him speak to his older brother on the phone pretty much every day. And when I say watch, I mean he would involve her in the conversation. Like, hey, my brother says hi. She says hi back. Oh, we're just going to go to X, Y, and Z today. What are y'all up to? Oh, we might do this. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We later find out that pretty much anytime Legion is on the phone, he is acting. None of these phone calls are real. Let us sit in that. Candice, let us sit in that. This man (laughs) is on the phone with friends and family every single day in front of her, and none of these conversations are real.
1: No. No. Oh, I, I can't. I can't.
0: But the thing is, Risa doesn't know about the fake phone calls yet. What she does know is that Legion keeps kind of flexing for her, keeps telling her all the things he's going to buy for her. He takes her to test drive cars, including a BMW X5 with cognac interiors, which is now the only (laughs) car I feel comfortable naming because of how often it comes up in the story. Like, at this point in their relationship, they're spending every weekend either looking for houses or test driving cars. And she's thinking... No one's crazy enough to spend hours at a BMW dealership for nothing. No one's crazy enough to sign a contract for a huge cash bid on a $700,000 house without the funds to back it up. Which is a fair assumption if you're dealing with a normal person, but it becomes abundantly obvious that Risa is not. But that doesn't matter because in early 2021, they decide to get married.
1: <gasps> I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. I'm
0: gonna be honest. Even after watching this and ingesting a lot of content about this, I don't fully understand why she comes to the conclusion that they should get married. Yeah. And I don't think she does either. It, it's giving sunk cost fallacy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they get married. And here's where things start going wrong.
1: Mm, start. Interesting.
0: Mm hmm. Yes, that is the verb I chose to use. It's also here that Risa takes her first break from posting because it's her birthday and she wants mm-hmm. to enjoy it. And I love that for her personally. It is also at this point that I see one of my favorite comments, which is, I heard Risa Tisa coming through somebody CarPlay a second ago at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary. Legendary behavior. <laughs> I really don't want it to be lost just how big of a phenomenon this is at this point. Every single video in this series has over a million views, and it's 50 videos. We're only up to about part 17. And this is around the time when I began to accept my fate. <laughs> and really kind of sink into the story. This is also when I bumped my playback speed from 1.5X speed to 2X speed. And this is also when I started to question the reliability of our narrator, because in part 18, she tells us that her boss made her start coming back into the office while everyone else was working from home because she kept falling asleep and not Mm. answering emails. And Mm. she's one of only two people in her office who had to do that. Mm.
1: <laughs> so relatable actually <laughs> so relatable
0: the thing is Risa always pulls me back in the moment I start to doubt her she says something and I'm like I'm back on your side you're just mm. so winsome I can't help rooting for her I digress. Two weeks into their marriage is when things really start falling apart. He starts accusing her of getting too friendly with her male co-workers. And at one point he says that while she was at work, one of her exes came by the house looking for her. But the thing is, Risa has security cameras. And Risa has a neighbor with a ring camera. Mm. And Risa catches him in this lie. No black
2: charger came to the house pulled back into the driveway. Nobody got out the car and asked for me. Nobody was looking for me, so now i'm I was sitting in the bedroom thinking through all this, and I'm like, "Why the fuck did he make that up? Because that's what happened. I'm looking at the text messages on my phone where he's telling me someone just came to the house looking for you,
1: but no one came. Here's where I am upset. <laughs> if this man was such a good actor, if he was true to this but not new to this, he would have driven a Dodge Charger. He would have, you're right. Worn a disguise pretending to be said coworker and played the whole thing for the ring cameras. He would have acted the fuck out of this. That's why I think uh, he's not a pro at this. He's not going to get away with this. That's what I'm thinking.
0: No, you're right. There are definitely better scammers out there. Right. I'm going to do a really quick rundown of what happens before our next major blow up. Mm-hmm. I just got to get through some details and then right, we can right, right. get into the, I would say, the denouement of this Ooh. story. Legion decides to be extra cruel and promises Risa a trip to London, which is, it's literally the only place she wants to go. She's obsessed Aww. with London. It's, of course, a lie. One of my favorite bits in the comment section is that Legion works at Staples because all he does is print shit out to give to her. He's like, here's my Chase banking statement. Here's the ticket to London. Here's the reservation for the Savoy. So people are in the comments like, one thing about Legion is he's going to (laughs) print. And she says something really profound here, which is that this man literally gets off on her being excited about something that he knows isn't real, Mm. which just makes my heart hurt. Here around part 23, which is around February 15th of our timeline, is when people find Legion's information online. It takes less than a day for people to track him down. Here in the actual timeline of the story is where Risa and Legion decide to do marriage counseling with her pastor and his wife because she finds out from reading Legion's Facebook messages that this man is getting freaky with girls in the DMs. (gasps) Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure they stopped being intimate within a few weeks of them getting married. And the pastor's wife says something so incredible in like their first or second session that I need to quote it. She says, I don't think you're gonna make it to January. (gasps) It's March of 2021. They've been married for maybe like two months and their pastor is telling them they won't make it a year. And here's why I leave y'all with a cliffhanger because I need a break. (laughs) We're about halfway through the marriage at this point. When we come back, well, let's just say we're just getting started.
1: And we're back. Now, before the break, Legion and Risa were doing couples counseling, but it seemed like Risa was starting to catch to Legion's lies. Mm-hmm. So,
0: despite <laughs> the steadily increasing doubt she's having, Risa decides to once again look for houses with this man. No. I know. At this point, two to three contracts have fallen through. All of them because Legion refuses to show proof of funds. But for some reason, Risa decides to go on this rodeo again. And it only confirms her doubts because once again, they enter negotiations on a house. And once again... Legion says he wants to do a significant cash offer, and once again, he refuses to show proof of funds. And this realtor they're working with, Amber, is a real girl's girl, because she kind of chats with Risa on the phone and is like, this is so weird. If you have the <laughs> money, this shouldn't be a big deal. This is standard procedure. I don't understand why he wouldn't want to do this. And Risa decides, you know what? I'm going to listen to my gut. And I'm just going to put a pause on looking for houses, period. Let's not do this again. And this seems like a real turning point for her. I felt like
2: we are wasting these people's time. I did not mean to waste your time. I clearly see my time as being wasted, but that doesn't mean I need to waste your time. And I felt embarrassed at the fact that we wasted her time um, coming across as serious buyers when time came to put up or shut up nothing was put up
1: uh you can kind of hear like the sadness of the story at this point because Mm -hmm. i too would feel embarrassed to be like my husband is clearly not coming through for us he's not only wasting your time but all the time that a realtor wastes not closing on a house they don't get paid for that so that that's real
0: Yeah, you can really start to see the story begin to take a toll on her as time goes on in these videos. You can see her just being tired. Yeah. And this is when shit starts to get real. Because around this time, Risa starts looking for another job. And this job requires a background check both for her and for her husband. And so while she's working on this application, she realizes that the social security number he gave her for this application... Is different than the one that's on their marriage license. And she had already ran a background check on the social security number from the marriage license because Risa made some mistakes, but <laughs> she did attempt to do her due diligence. Yeah. So once she gets this one, she decides to run it. And the addresses associated with it are in Rhode Island, Georgia. And Philadelphia, not a single one in California where Legion says he not only went to college, but married and divorced his ex-wife.
2: So I called San Diego State. I called the registrar's office, registrar's office. Someone did answer and there was instructions on how to request a transcript. I was able to try to request it online. You needed the person's, the student's name. And I believe you also need their social And when I typed it in, it said no results found. Um, I believe that I sent an email asking, you know, this person is is saying that they were a student there. Can you verify it? The response I got was there were no records found with that social security number.
1: Okay, this is very, very solid MTV Catfish, Neve Shulman stuff of like call the school Mm -hmm. because they will always say that person does not go here. But I love an investigative journalist. She's one of us, Rachel. She
0: is. But wait, Candace, listen to the excuse okay. of Legion gives her when she confronts him.
2: This man said, well, I was a private citizen. And what he said is that when he started at San Diego State, his father paid money so that... Okay. It's important i have to say this with a straight face. His His father paid money so that his name and social... Would not be publicized and he would be considered a private student, a private citizen. I said, and you claim that you played football. He was like, I did play football. I said, so you're saying that the school did not publish your name anywhere and they were in violation of NCAA rules? And he was like, why are you asking all these questions?
1: a private citizen well i guess it means rachel you and i have been public citizens (laughs) this whole time i mean what is this i know like i got to this part and i was just like
0: oh this man is diabolical like (laughs) on his feet and on not his feet <laughs> on the football field. <laughs> well, speaking of football, around this time, Legion begins having some weird mysterious health issues that he chalks up to an old football injury. He becomes basically bedridden, starts losing a ton of weight, isn't really going to work, and is surviving off of Powerade. What this means is that Risa suddenly has a ton of time that's normally oh. been filled with Legion talk, talk, talking in her ear to sit and ponder and do an open records request to get his divorce filing since she learned from her other background check that contrary to what he's told her, he was divorced in Georgia, where they currently live. And this is what she finds. First thing I see, he didn't file, she did. Second thing I see,
2: they didn't make it more than six months. Uh, Third thing I see, he was served in Metro Atlanta, which means that at the time of the divorce... He was living in Metro Atlanta. California was never mentioned. Fourth thing I see, he filed what is called a pauper affidavit. Basically, he filed an affidavit with the court saying that he is so poor, he could not afford the fees to pay for a divorce. He couldn't afford a filing fee. He couldn't afford a service fee. That is what a pauper affidavit Is for. He was served in Georgia at his previous employment. According to the divorce documents, he was served at like a grocery store.
1: I kind of want her to be my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And you
0: should. Okay, the next part this is part 28. And this is maybe one of the only videos, if you're listening, Candace, if you have 10 free minutes after this <laughs> recording, this is one of the only videos I recommend watching in full. Because it's when Risa finally gets in contact with Legion's ex-wife. Here's a snippet.
2: Let me use aliases. And the conversation went like this. Matt, please speak with Barbara. This is Barbara. Barbara, this is Shirley. Shirley who? This is Shirley Jones. I am the wife of Legion. Silence. Then she starts laughing. And she said to me, and I quote, If you were calling me, then I know it's bad.
1: She needs to write a book. <laughs> the way she, like, writes the descriptors, I mm-hmm. chuckled. I'm like, I can see the words. You need to write a book. <laughs> calling Hoover, move over.
0: No, literally and she finds out so much in this phone call like that Legion's stepdaughter the ex-wife's daughter who he said died of COVID a few months back is alive and well Wow. And this isn't the only person he's told her has died of COVID in the past year. He also said that he lost his grandmother and a cousin, all of which she later finds out are lies. After this phone call, she's like, Okay, your grandmother didn't die in 2020, 2021. Let me look up her obit. On the obit, what did she find? Another wife. <gasps> a third wife that she has not heard anything about. <laughs> oh, but she also finds out that he's cheating with a sex worker named peaches after she just goes through his phone one day the cheating
2: didn't even faze me i didn't cry i did not feel like what did i do wrong i was relieved the reason why I was relieved is because up until this point, I kind of struggled a little bit on whether or not, God, you know, I know, I know, Lord, you hate divorce, but I can't, I just, I, I can't stay with a guy that lies. So when I saw the cheating stuff, I was like, oh, shoot. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Because I know my father in Heaven's going to forgive the fact that I'm a divorce him for infidelity.
1: I got to say, profound. So profound. Can I take a pause and ask, do you mm-hmm. think Legion would have been able to get away with so much if COVID had not happened?
0: That's such a good question. That's also one that I had. And I think the answer is it would have been shorter had COVID not happened. Because again, he had an ex-wife. He had multiple ex-wives. So he clearly has managed to entrap more than one woman. So honestly, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Part 32 maybe two-thirds of the way through is when I was most tapped in. And it was worth it because these next parts, which are part 33 and 34, are another set of videos that I would recommend watching in full because they are, as Risa said, the confrontation, the day he gets kicked out of her house. It's the moment she tells a bedridden legion who is surrounded, by the way, with Powerade bottles (laughs) full of piss because he won't get out the bed... It's the moment she tells this man all the information she has carefully gathered and tells him to hit the fucking road. At one point she compares herself to Carrie when the pig blood gets dumped on her. She compares herself to Angela Bassett and waiting Mm -hmm. to exhale. This is cinematic. She calls her mom on the phone at one point because she's afraid of what she might do because down to the very end Legion is lying and saying that he never lied. Someone in the comments says that this is the Tiger King of 2024, and they're correct, except I actually finished this and I never finished Tiger King. So,
1: Right. Also, um, they never got the Tiger story. Never, wow. never got a side. So unreliable narrators all around. So true. Queen. Eventually,
0: <laughs> Legion leaves the house. And here's where we move into divorce proceedings. We are in Act 3, I would say. Mm -hmm. Legion drives up to Philly to stay with family after Risa kicks him out. A few days afterwards, she receives a message from his cousin. And this is the story Legion is telling his family about why he's back. He's telling
2: the family that I kicked him out after he walked in on me having an affair. That I stole his money. And I then kicked him out. And the man I was having an affair with, he said was a law enforcement officer who used his duty weapon to threaten him to get out the house. This is what he told his family. And the cousin was reaching out to me. She found my she found me through a search on Facebook and was reaching out to me because she's like, We know he lies. So I'm just trying to figure out what. Like, is this true? Because he's up here asking us for money, asking to stay on our couches. Like, what's what's going on?
0: So maybe a week after this, Legion comes back to Georgia because none of his family is putting up with him. They're like, you cannot stay on my couch. Get the fuck out. Right. (laughs) And so... Risa's like, you're back in Georgia, let's sign this divorce paperwork. So they meet up in like a parking lot of a Kroger or some shit. He's lost a ton of weight. He's wearing the same clothes that he left her house in over a week ago. He stinks to high heaven and is clearly living out of his car. And it's at this point that Risa says one of the most iconic lines of this entire series. She says, my heart broke. It did not break enough for me not to get that signature though. Mmm biblical truly scripture so at some point in all of this Reese is put in contact with Legion's older brother the one that she thinks Legion has been talking to every morning for months and the older brother is like I haven't spoken to that man since 2015 <laughs> he tells her that Legion has a twin brother and that the twin brother is a vice president at a company and drives fancy cars basically everything Legion pretends to be <laughs> He tells her to look up Legion's criminal record, and she finds out he was convicted of impersonating a law enforcement officer, which is such a specific crime that it's almost shocking. (laughs) She figures out that every financial thing he's been sharing with her are screenshots from Google.
2: Sure enough, as you probably have figured out, some of you, because I read it in the comments, what he showed me when he turned his phone around, showing me his available um, checking account balance was nothing more than a screenshot that he had found on Google. When he showed me his savings, turned the phone around, because remember, I, I demonstrated for y'all how he was, and then you know, showed it, turned it around and showed it to me as if he was signing in. When he did that. He was, he was simply showing me a screenshot that he had taken from Google Images.
1: <laughs> I mean, the Google Images thing is profound. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't get over the twins. I can't get over how he pretended to be his twin. Mm-hmm. Because as they say, your first hater is in the womb. <laughs> so true. <sighs>
0: Honestly... Candace, you've kind of heard the bulk of the story at this point. Like, Mm. here's where I kind of feel safe giving up the recap. Some other stuff happens before the divorce actually comes through, including Legion showing up at Reese's house and immediately being arrested because there's an arrest warrant out for him for violation of probation. But more importantly, I went through a spiritual experience watching this. And that's Mm. what I think we all need to be focusing on. Um, I kept notes (laughs) as I was watching this. And I want to read a few to you. A load of laundry finish that I thought I started five minutes ago. Time is slipping through my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I got to the point where 2X speed genuinely was too slow, and I thought I had left it in normal speed. I can't tell if that's a me problem or a her problem. Had a moment where I had headphones on for so long that I forgot they were on, and got freaked out that I was having an auditory hallucination because of the background noise. (laughs) And then the last note, after almost seven hours straight of listening to audio on 2X Speed, I can now comfortably read Twitter and listen to this. And that is a level of comprehension I don't think I should be at.
1: Mm, and I'm assuming you recorded all of these as audio diaries mm-hmm. uh, Yes, definitely. in her words. Amazing. Yes. I mean, uh, just to be clear, I know there is a few of you out there listening to this very podcast on like two times speed. I have no ill will towards you. I get it. However, Rachel listening to a 52-part TikTok series, if she did it on one-time speed, it, that would mean she would have as much time as Legion. Like, maybe this is time for TikTok to do a three-time speed. Mm. <laughs> Innovation? Honestly,
0: please. My brain is demanding it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, besides what I went through, millions of people also went through this. And we Mm -hmm. need to talk about that. We don't really have a ton of time to get into, like, why this matters, TM. (laughs) Um, And honestly, I don't know if I've had enough time to sit with this to really tell you how I feel about it. But I will say in an unoriginal observation that this is basically the Zola story for the TikTok age. Uh And it doesn't escape me that the two people who I feel like have been able to capture and hold attention like this are two Black women telling stories of exploitation to audiences that originally are mostly Black. You can tell in the comment section that this started on Black TikTok and made its way over to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's a historical theme here about cultural tastemakers. <laughs> Someone commented that this is Risa Tisa TikTok now. And it is. <laughs> she did say on her follow-up hours-long TikTok Live that I also watched, You're welcome. That the videos are all monetized. And I am of two minds about that. One, get your money. And mm-hmm. two, if this starts a trend of 50-part TikTok series, I'm quitting the internet. I yeah. can't do this again. My brain has been turned into mush. <laughs> Importantly, Risa admits that doing all this has been traumatizing. She didn't expect this level of attention and she wasn't prepared for people to find her ex, which I understand, but also, girl, (laughs) yeah, it's the internet. One of Legion's other ex-wives has chimed in. Legion himself has allegedly responded. The hashtag Risa Tisa already has almost 25,000 videos on it. There are videos of Risa's videos being played in the salon while people are getting <laughs> their hair done. People are giving tours of Atlanta, stopping at the Cheesecake Factory where this all started. There are cast lists floating around for eventual feature-length productions of Who the Fuck Did I Marry? Yes. I I don't think this is the last we're going to hear about this. And honestly, we could do a whole another episode just about the response to it. But mostly at this point, I'm just wondering whether Tyler Perry is in Reese's DMs. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. That's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss me losing my mind after watching a TikTok for eight hours straight. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your pathological lies about us. You can follow us on Twitter at IcyYMI pod, and you can always drop us a note at IcyYMI at Slate.com.
1: IcyYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or at the Cheesecake Factory.